Welcome to the show, everyone. Today we're talking about the gap theory and the fall of Satan. My name is Keaton Halley, and with me is Joel Tay. Hi. Hi, everyone. Good, good day to you. Let's get into this, Joel. We, we want to discuss the gap theory. Yes. What exactly is the gap theory? Okay, the gap theory is an idea that tries to put millions of years in the Bible. And the way they do that is that they try to put millions of years in between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Mm-hmm. And in this, where the Bible is silent, they put these millions of years in there and they believe that there was a previous creation of this world where God created the world and he placed Satan or Lucifer as the, as the ruler of this pre-creation world. Mm-hmm. And when Satan fell into sin, God destroyed the whole world with what they would call Lucifer's flood a worldwide flood that destroys right. everything. And then God recreates the world in six days. And that's yeah. where we find Adam and Eve and what we read in the rest of Genesis. Yeah. Well. So they would take the days of Genesis as literal 24-hour days as we would. Yes. Um, but they, yeah, as you said, they put that gap of millions of years after verse one. So it's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then they say, oh, then we could fit the whole, you know, evolutionary history, or at least the old earth um, history of the world according to the dating methods. Uh, millions of years take place, dinosaurs and all that, Lucifer's flood, the world is destroyed and then God recreates yes, over six right. literal days. Yeah, and I think one reason why they do this is that they recognize that the Bible does teach a six-day creation. Mm-hmm. And so they hold to that, but they still want to hold to the idea of millions of years. Yeah, The millions of years is really an interpretation of the rock layers and those rock layers contain fossils. Mm-hmm. So what they do is that they say that um, those rock layers were formed by um, Lucifer's flood. Yeah. God created the world in six days, as it says in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but that creates a lot of issues. Yeah. yeah. And in particular, we want to talk about the fall of Satan yes. and how that's incorporated into things, especially based on this uh, passage in Ezekiel 28. Do you want to tell us about that? Okay, yes. Yeah. So they be, uh, those who believe in the gap theory believe that Satan fell in this time period between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And when you ask them, so where do we read in Bible about, about the fall of Satan and Lucifer's flood yeah. and, and this whole gap <laughs> idea, right? Yeah. It's not in the Bible. Right. But what they would do is that they would appeal to Ezekiel 28. And Ezekiel 28 verse 11 to 19, we have an interesting passage because here we have um, the prophet Ezekiel talking about the king of Tyre. There's a few ways that evangelicals interpret this passage. So sure. I'll just go through briefly the three main views. The first view, they say that this is talking about the fall of Adam. Another view, they say this is just talking about the king of Tyre, just about the physical, about the king himself. Yeah, the human king. Okay. The human king. And the third view is that this is talking about the fall of the king, but then the passage, the language changes to begin to speak about the fall of Satan. Yeah. So it's likening it's- the fall of the king with the fall of Satan. Why don't we just read through um, some of those verses? I'm going to, so this is Ezekiel 28. So verse 11 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle. I hope I pronounced all those correctly. Um, And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. 
And then it goes on to, to talk about God casting him out of the mountain, destroyed this guardian cherub. Um, his heart was proud, but he was corrupted. He was cast to the ground and, and exposed before kings and, and so on. So let's just accept for the sake of the argument, we don't mm -hmm. have to you know, sort out the merits of the different views of this yes. passage, but many gap theorists do believe that this language goes beyond merely the earthly king of Tyre, refers to the fall of Satan and mentions that he's a, a cherub, which is this heavenly being, you know, yes. a, a, a type of angel, perhaps. Uh, if that's the case, does that really fit with the gap theory? Well, I believe that this very passage, if you look at the details, actually falsifies the gap theory. Yeah. So, um, you know, so let's, like you say, let's assume this interpretation. Mm -hmm. And if you notice something about this passage, this being is said to walk in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Okay, but when was the Garden of Eden created in Genesis? Mm. Um, well, it's not mentioned until after Adam, right? It says uh, in Genesis 2, I think yes, God- Genesis 2.8. So there's a few the clues garden. in the Bible. Yeah. So one of this Genesis 2.8, and I'll read that passage. Okay. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. Yeah. And there he put the man whom he had formed. So man was formed on day six of creation. Yeah. And uh, Genesis 2 focuses on what God does on the sixth day of creation. Yeah, yeah. it's an elaboration of those yes. uh, events, more detail. Mm -hmm. So it seems- in this passage that the Garden of Eden was created on the sixth day. Yeah, most likely. And even if someone were to dispute that, you know, because mm -hmm. the verbs in Hebrew, the, the tense is a little bit different than in English. It's possible to translate. I know at least it's some of those verbs uh, in chapter two that rather than saying God formed at that time, it means yes. God had formed previously. Yes. But even if somebody takes that line of argument, I don't, I don't think anyone would say that that Garden of Eden that God placed Adam in was here like, prior to Genesis 1-2, right? That's, the that's whole right. earth was covered in water at that time. Dry land wasn't even formed until day three. Yes. And so Gapis don't believe that that garden has been around since verse one. Yes. Why is that a problem for their view? Because even if you, you say that that's like, like you mentioned, in Genesis 1, it tells us that um, God separate land from sea on day, yeah. on day three of creation. Plants, which is what you need for a garden, was created on the third day of right, creation. Right. So if Satan was walking in the Garden of Eden, there's no way he could have fallen into sin you know, before the third day. Yeah, even in because this the Ezekiel passage specifically said he was still a, a good guy, blameless, yes. while he was walking in Eden. That's and after right. that is when he fell. And so it's really clear that Satan could not have fallen you know, in this alleged gap between Genesis 1 and 1 and 1 2, because he was a good guy in Eden. Eden wasn't made until later in creation week, probably not until after Adam was created on on the sixth day. So yes. it has to be after Adam's creation that Satan is still a good guy if the gap theorist interpretation of Ezekiel 28 is correct that it's referring to Satan. Yes, and the Bible also tells us God saw all he had created and it was very good. And mm. this was uh, at yes. the end of creation week. That's on day six, right? And then the seventh day as well, God blesses it. It's, it's a holy day, the Sabbath day, the first Sabbath. And so it doesn't make sense to say that you know, Satan fell during creation week, most likely he fell sometime after yes, creation right. week. And the other thing here, Joel, is, you know, they mentioned this Lucifer's flood. Where is that described in Ezekiel 28? It, yeah, it's it doesn't really appear, does it? You have yeah. this, the judgment's very different, isn't it? So what, what happens to, to this being in Ezekiel 28? How is he destroyed? Uh, it mentions fire. I remember that much. So it's the opposite of a flood. <laughs> yes. Is it? So what's interesting is that this whole gap theory is not only is it not consistent with Ezekiel 28, which is the passage they use, but it's not mentioned in the Bible at all. Yeah. So they have to invent um, 
not only Lucifer's flood, a second flood. So they have to believe in two floods. They believe in two creation. They have to believe in two floods, two Garden of Eden. That's right. So the way they try to get around this to say, you know, Eden, Satan was in Eden. Well, they say, well, that's not the same Eden that appears later in Adam's time. This is a different Eden, a, yes. a separate like prior Eden that pre-existed this destruction. So it actually makes much more sense to say this is just the same event yeah. that happened and Lucifer did not, or Satan rather, did not fall until after creation week was over. Yeah. So why don't we run through, because there are really a number of problems that we have with the gap theory um, besides just this inconsistency with Ezekiel 28. What are some of the other problems that we could um, point out for them? I think one of the big uh, issues is this idea that there was actually death before sin entered the world. Yeah. You see, if you believe in gap theory, you believe in millions of years, but the millions of years is an interpretation of the rock layers. And those rock layers contain fossils, including human fossils. Mm, yes. So if you place all that before Adam, the six-year creation, place all those rock layers during um, Lucifer's fall, so to speak, then you're actually having death before Adam's sin. Yeah, including even human death, as you mentioned, because some of That's these right. skeletons buried in these rock layers are dated to over a million years old in the case of um, things that are described as like yes. Homo erectus, you know, but we would say that those give every indication of being human just, just like us. That's um, right. Neanderthals as well and other skeletons even assigned to the, the um, category of Homo sapiens, supposedly very ancient according to these dating methods that gap theorists want to trust. And so that would put death prior to Adam's sin when the Bible says that Adam was the one who brought death, death into, into creation. So that's why I think um, many gap theories not only have to invent, like we say, the two creation, two fall, two flood, two Eden, <laughs> yeah. but they also have to say that um, there were soulless pre-Adamic humans who were there in the first creation. And these people were completely wiped out. Yeah. I don't see that as something that's compatible with what the Bible says. Yeah, it, it seems like they, they had this one bad assumption and then in a sort of ad hoc way, they keep adding new adding, stuff, uh, to, ideas to make it there. consistent with scripture, like supposing all these other things happen that you find no evidence of in scripture. The second thing I would say they would have to do is that they have to deny that Noah's flood was a global flood. Yes, and and why is that? Yeah, because they believe that the rock layers with all the fossils were laid down by Lucifer's flood. And they believe, most of them would believe that Noah's flood was maybe just a local flood. Mm -hmm. Or if, if it was global, it did not leave any evidence behind. Yeah, because what would a worldwide flood do to all, if, if all these rock layers are millions of years old, you have a global flood covering that, it's going to destroy, destroy that evidence and redeposit its own fossils. Yes. And they don't believe that, that it has. And so they sort of have to deny that the flood global was worldwide flood. in extent. Yeah, because like, yeah. So in other words, if there's a global flood in Noah's day, it would destroy all previous rock layers, lay down its own rock layers. So those rock layers would still not be evidence of millions of years. Mm -hmm. But the millions of years is really what they're trying to push into the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. deny the worldwide flood as well. If there was a worldwide flood, it would destroy all the rock layers that were laid down by Lucifer's flood and then lay down its own new layers, which means they can the same rock layers can no longer be a record of millions of years. Mm. Yeah. Another problem I see, Joel, is uh, in Exodus 2011, it's part of the Ten Commandments, uh, where the text says that God made in six days the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Yes, right. Now, of course, gap theorists want to say that, well, that's just referring to this recreation after the Lucifer's flood destruction. But that's not the way the language reads. You know, it's talking about the, the whole creation. Do they really believe the heavens were 
recreated after i mean they would have to say no the lucifer's flood didn't destroy the heavens and so maybe god recreated the stars and so forth but and the earth was still there in, in some form or another and so the, the language there reads that it, god made everything in those six days there wasn't some prior creation uh, before the six days mm-hmm. and another thing that is i think is important to realize is that jesus teach that the earth is young yeah. And we see that in Mark. Um, would you like to elaborate on the Mark passage? And- sure. Um, Mark 10, 6, or the parallel passages in Matthew 19. And it's it's not only that verse, but there's a few other places in Romans 1 and, and several places where this language is used. And Jesus himself uses it to say that from the beginning of creation, that humans were around. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus refers to the marriage, that it started with Adam and Eve. And so he says that um, Adam and Eve were there from the beginning of creation. Well, that manner of speaking only makes sense if the world isn't billions of years older than human beings, that human beings were made at the beginning of the world, you know, and that's what you'd get if you believe that the creation days um, are six ordinary 24-hour days and that there's no gap in between the first few verses. That's right. And um, another important thing is we need to look at the Hebrew. I know this is a bit technical, but... um, why can't we put a gap between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis, um, like like the way that the gap theory is believed? Yeah, okay. I think what you're referring to here is um, the verb forms in Hebrew. Um, it, people reading Genesis 1 in English might notice that, um, especially in like the King James, yes. almost every sentence starts with the word and, and which yes. we, we learn is bad English growing up, right? But it's it's actually good Hebrew. And most of those words and, in Hebrew, it's the, the single letter vav, they're connected to verbs. And when that happens, um, especially when you pile up a whole bunch of these in a row, it's a way of saying that th- this is a sequence of events. So yes. the Bible's saying, and then this happened, and then this happened, when it's like, and said, and made, and was evening, and was morning, and so forth. But in verse two of Genesis one, there the word and is used, but it's not attached to the verb, it's attached to the noun, the earth. Yes, so it says, yes. and the earth. Mm-hmm. And when it's used in that way, it's almost like a statement in parentheses, just giving a description of the state of affairs that resulted from verse one. So some translations, like I think NIV says, now the earth. Yes, It's a way of saying like, here, let me tell you about the earth that was just made. So Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse two is, now that earth, yes. you know, and, and so you can't really insert a gap of, you know, millions of years and radical changes to the earth. It's just describing what has just been made. Yes, It's kind of like if I said, you know, I, I just went to the grocery store and I bought some eggs. Now these eggs were cracked. Mm-hmm. Would you get the impression that like weeks might have gone by before these eggs got cracked? No, you know, I'm talking about the eggs that I just bought yes. um, were cracked at that approximate, you know time frame. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very clear in the Hebrew, like you mentioned. Yeah. So um, this, I mean, verse two is what in the technical language is a vav uh, disjunctive. Yeah. And uh, so when you have a vav disjunctive, like you say, you have the, the vav, which is mm-hmm. what we call the N yeah. of, of vav, and it's followed by a non-verb. Right. It, it's not an event that occurs. So verse two is not an event that occurs after verse one. It goes into more detail of what verse one is saying. And this is important because even when I was in seminary doing Hebrew, uh, the professor will always emphasize to us if in our translation, we translate a vav disjunctive as end, he will fail us in exam. Oh yeah, okay. okay so, so this is something that's well established. So for a gap theorist to come along and try to put a big time period between 
Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, it tells me that they do not really understand the Hebrew syntax yeah. that goes behind the text. Well, well, given all these problems for the gap theory, what do you think in your opinion is really driving this interpretation? Are they getting this view from scripture itself? No, of course not. So I think, um, like we say, they recognize that the Bible teaches six days of creation, but they want to try to accommodate the idea of millions of years in the Bible. Yeah. And so they came up with this whole gap theory. But as we have shown, um, it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so we have to take God's word as it says. That's right. And, and this is theologically significant as well, isn't it, Joel? I mean, we mentioned the problem of death before sin that mm -hmm. um, logically at least undermines the gospel, even though you know many gap theorists are, are quite conservative theologically, but by disassociating sin and death, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, death and the yes. gap theorists say the opposite. Yeah, so I, th I think people still do not realize that the gap theory is, is problematic because you end up with See in the gap theory, Lucifer or Satan in the in the view yeah. is the only is the only guilty party. Mm. Yet this God destroyed everything in creation, including innocent humans at the time. Mm -hmm. And the only guilty party, Satan, is the one that escaped scot free. <laughs> That's right. He didn't actually get destroyed by the Lucifer's flood. Yeah, so he came in the new creation to it's, to it, tempt Adam and Eve. That's very different from Noah's flood, isn't it? When yes. the God, the Bible says that the whole earth was corrupt in God's sight. And, and what did God do? God saved the righteous people, not the people responsible for the, the evil. So, and, and of course, the Bible has several chapters describing this worldwide flood in Noah's day. Yes. And it's just silent about this alleged <laughs> Lucifer's flood. And yes. so I see this as really problematic too, because if you subscribe to the gap theory, the gap theory method of interpretation is just the wrong way to approach scripture. That mm -hmm. You can't just have this theory that you try to force onto scripture from the outside and then invent, you know, all kinds of events to make it match. Uh, we should be deriving our theology from scripture itself. Yes, that's exactly right. We can just summarize, I guess, what we covered today, Joel, the gap theory biblically, it's fallacious. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be intimidated by the evidence that supposedly presents millions of years because um, we have many arguments on our website that people can find that real science actually helps to support a straightforward reading of Genesis without any gap. The Bible doesn't need saving from the evidence for evolution. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can take Genesis as, as written. Yeah. Thank you for joining us in this episode. If you like that, don't forget to join us next time and follow us. Thank you. Yeah. Give us a thumbs up and share this video on your social media as well. Mm -hmm.